Wikipedia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to According to Wikipedia. I'm your host, Michael Barilla, and joined by me, as always, is my co-host, Joshua Maddock. Joshua, how are we doing today? Doing good. I'm doing good, Michael. You know, I watched all four hours of Titanic last night to get ready for this, for today's episode. All right. I'm kidding. I didn't watch Titanic, but I kind of want to watch Titanic, especially with today's topic. Well, you can do that on your own because I will never watch that movie again. But anyway, today's topic, as Joshua has just teased, is shipwrecks. But of course, we're going to start where we always start, and that's on the homepage of Wikipedia. Joshua, what's jumping out to you this morning? Uh, I think it's got to be the same for you. Today's featured article is spectacular. Um, it's a shrub known as the narrow leaf drumstick, but its original name is insane. How do you think we say that? I'm having, oh, wait, here you go. It is the Asopagon. Okay. Iso. It'd be Isopogon. Isopogon. Annie, Annie Thefolius. Annie Thefolius. Isopo- Isopogon antifolius. Inter- it's um, an interesting looking little plant. It looks like it belongs underwater. It looks like honest. a Pokemon, honestly. It looks like a Pokemon. You put a face on it, that looks like a Pokemon. Um, it regenerates after bushfire by re-sprouting from its woody base known as the lignotuber, as well as from seed. Well, interesting. Very interesting. Isn't that something? <laughs> poking, right. What's poking out to you, Michael? Um, I noticed it says... Um, Oh, is this is this just oh, okay? This is in the news. I thought this was, and just talks about how Stanford won the women's championship and Baylor won the men's championship uh, over this past week. That's not too exciting, though. We've come well, down off that high. We've got we've got one big thing in the news this week. Um, What's that, Joshua? Immediately again, dating this episode, but we're recording this the weekend of uh, Prince Philip passing away oh that's right r.i.p to a somebody to a prince he was a real prince after uh, all that stuff came out the preceding weeks about the royal family i don't know yeah how how we're supposed to feel about that i don't want to even act like i understand politics outside of the u.s to a great extent and so the whole system they've got for the british royal family is it, it, it's a lot it's a lot to take in so yeah um it's a lot different too it's a it's a literal king and queen you know can't, can't relate um, i i also want to point out that on this day in 2019 scientists from the event horizon project you know that black hole picture was released um oh wow the first picture of a black hole that was ever captured. Do you remember that? I remember being in I do class. remember seeing yeah. uh, the um, articles from NASA talking about that. That was a big deal. Still looks like um, what we saw in Interstellar. So I think Christopher Nolan got it right before NASA. To be honest, what they could have absolutely done here is they could have gotten like an illuminated red light and put like a, a blanket over it and then made this photo very fuzzy and then said, this is what a black hole looks like. Yeah, they could have done that. <laughs> don't, don't, we did conspiracy <laughs> theories last week. We don't need to start delving back into that. Here you go. The novel, The Great Gatsby was published by F Scott or by 
Scri- Scribner's, Scribner's, Scribner's. Um, you like that? You like on that this book? Day in 1925. It's okay. I mean, you know, it's a classic. I've had. I, I haven't seen. I've always been curious to see the movie because those parties in the book are just. You've never seen either one. I haven't seen any Great Gatsby movies because I watched. I read. Or sorry, I read the book in school, and I, you know, I had to study it for weeks and weeks and weeks. And so by the time I was done with it, I was like, I don't want to watch this three-hour movie, either of them. And so I've just never gotten around to them, but I want to. Neither one is. Neither one will blow you away. A lot of people <laughs> like the new one because um, of the looks, music and the fact that it's I was Leonardo say, DiCaprio. Yeah. But, it looks very uh, enjoyable. Like it looks like it's like, you know, a spectacle and it's got, you know, yeah. I know about the soundtrack. So like, I feel like if I, you know, if I just needed that, it'll, it, it'll, it'll be turned on one night. I know when I'm like, oh, I should, you know, finally watch The Great Gatsby. Yeah. It's definitely uh, one of those movies. And then today's today, featured picture is the red-billed streamtail, uh, which is the most common hummingbird in Jamaica. And it's a picture of this um, hummingbird eating nectar out of a flower and you can actually see its wings which is pretty impressive because i'm pretty sure it's extremely difficult to um capture a hummingbird's wings and on camera you know i was talking to a friend about this recently and i feel like it's probably too late now especially because i've never done any type of photography before professionally but i would love to go to be on like a it might test my patience, but I would love to be on like a bird watching kind of like tour or like, you know, just try to like go out into nature and take photos of animals. But it's super, it's super, super difficult to do, I bet. Yeah, it definitely, it, it's almost like hunting with, without the hunting, you know, you're just going out there and looking at the animals and trying to be as quiet as possible. So as to not disturb them. And, um, there are so like, many different like species that. of birds. So if you're bird watching and you want to see as many different types as possible, you're just going to have to spend as much time as it takes for them to all come through. So I personally probably would not succeed at that because I would get bored, sit there drinking, but you don't want don't to make know, too like, much noise. If you're on a boat and you're like watching for like dolphins or like whales or something to pop out, that is very different i feel like because Mm -hmm. like you're seeing something that you don't get a chance to see often i feel like with bird watching at a certain point you'd be like i mean it would be if you got really into it it'd be beautiful to see these different types of you know birds and their different colors and everything but at a certain point yeah you might just be like i'm sick of these fucking birds yeah you need to have a real appreciation for it i think but anyway, I think that's uh, that's the most interesting stuff we could pull from the homepage today. So let's go ahead and just delve right into shipwrecks. I'm going to go ahead and pull the page up here. What is the definition of a shipwreck? Okay. A shipwreck is the remains of a ship that is wrecked. Wow. All right. Thank you. Uh, let's just end the podcast there. Okay. A shipwreck is the remains of a ship that is wrecked, which are found either beached on land or sunk into the bottom of a body of water. Shipwrecking may be deliberate or accidental. Okay. So we can go to shipwrecking after this because you can can go to a whole page on that. Um, This one has different types, causes, then states of preservation, and then it goes into even the water and how the water affects. Yeah. Do you remember... Did you ever watch that documentary about James Cameron going to the bottom of the ocean? I think ocean I did, actually. I yeah. Think I did. 
it's well right now the titanic is like is it's going to be gone eventually like at Mm -hmm. some point there's just going to be nothing left and i think it's so interesting to look at how it kind of eats away at it over time yeah just it completely deteriorates and this it's you're right it says many factors determine the state of preservation of a wreck um like i'm gonna just read off a couple construction materials uh the wreck becoming covered in sand uh the level of destruction involved in the ship's loss whether the components or cargo of the wreck were salvaged it's just uh i don't know it's just this is a whole it must be a whole you know kind of career based on this that'd be kind of cool to have a job where you literally just go look at um wrecked ships i bet you find a lot of cool stuff down there i mean it talks about um I saw it talks about tre- discoveries of treasure ships, often from the period of European colonial colonization, which sank in remote locations, leaving few living witnesses. Wow. Um, the Batavia was a ship of the Dutch East India Company built in Amsterdam in 1628. It was wrecked on a chain of small islands off the coast of Western Australia. Ship broke apart. 40 of the 341 passengers drowned. 20 men were sent to a nearby island under the pretense of having them search for fresh water, but they were really abandoned there to die. And then there was a mutiny over the course of several weeks. Several weeks resulted in the murder of approximately 125 of the remaining survivors, including women, children, and infants. Um, And then a small number of women were kept as sexual slaves, among them the famed beauty Lucretia Johns, who was reserved by... um, the man who was left in charge by the commander. Wow, this is... I did not know it was going to go into all that. It says in the opening um, of the page that there have been three million... An estimated three million shipwrecks worldwide as of January 1999. So, of course, that's different now. But what you're reading about, it's an example of a treasure ship. Yes, and it it was... This happened on June 4th, 1629. And um, let me read the treasure. It carried a considerable amount of treasure. Each ship in that class carried an estimated 250,000 guilders, which is a gold penny uh, in 12 wooden chests, each containing about 8,000 silver coins. So they had silver coins too. Imagine this is all just sunk to the bottom of the ocean. So this, I'm sure they found it since. Well, you can, uh, on the bottom of the page, first of all, there's a replica of the ship. And at first I was like, well, it doesn't look that big. But then I zoomed in on the picture and I saw a little man on it. And I thought, oh, okay, it's pretty decently sized. And they made a, a documentary about it. Um, there's a film called The Wreck of the Batavia, Batavia, however, I'm butchering the name, I'm sure. And then a documentary called The Batavia Wreck, Mutiny and Murder. I don't want to watch that, honestly. Okay, I, I've been curious to ask you this because I probably remember mine. What was like the first time, if you can recall, on the news that you first saw like a a big kind of shipwreck? Because I remember what mine was. Uh, I feel like there was a cruise ship that um, might have sunk and people had to abandon, but I don't remember like anything outside of that. Okay, I recall so vividly in 2012 being a kid and seeing the TV and looking in horror at this cruise ship that was just flipped over in in the bay. The Costa Concordia is the name of it. Um, There's a great video on YouTube by uh, a channel called Internet Historian that covered it. But basically, Mm -hmm. um, 
this guy, um, they wanted to get to port. They wanted to get so close to port to do a little wave. Like, you know, right before they do their main yeah. sale, they like to get close to port. They like to, I don't think, uh, I don't think the residents like it, but they like to get close so they can wave. And this captain was working with these crew members who, one of which had like barely been working on like the major deck of a cruise ship, but they got too close and they couldn't come back around. And so they just smashed right up into the rocks. Could have been just so avoided. Hold on. Did anybody die from that? Oh yeah. I'm I'm, looking right here. The evacuation took over six hours. He was one of the first to leave. He was one of the first to get onto a boat and the captain and, and someone called him on shore. Um, Again, this is in the video. Someone calls him on shore and it's like, what, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you not, why are you not on the boat right now helping? It says he, he was subsequently found guilty of manslaughter, causing a maritime accident and abandoning his ship. That's insane. It's, and I remember I only just, uh, I bring up the video because I just found out about it, the whole story about it recently. But I remember being a kid and just thinking, what a, what an end to a trip that would be. I guess beginning of a trip. That's so funny. So like, this was a big deal. I didn't realize this ship was like a big deal. I mean, I imagine a lot of lawsuits probably came out after that. And a lot of people probably made their money back from that trip, I imagine. Michael, it was built for Carnival Cruise. So are we really surprised? Is it really? Oh, it is a carnival fucking cruise ship. Carnival cruise. Oh my god! Just I thought it was like just like some Titanic level ship, not just some basic carnival. Like that's so that's so people were literally going on a cruise and they just flipped. Apparently, they they waited until like the very last second to tell everyone that an evacuation was going to happen. They were like, guys, you know, we have like a. Uh, an electrical we have electrical damage everything's going to be fine and then at a certain point the captain was like yeah this is i guess worse than i thought and like, <laughs> hey, well i'm looking it. here at the main causes of shipwrecks and i think uh, i mean you got poor design and properly stowed cargo navigation errors but i think the biggest one is uh probably human error which is what the case was in that situation but then you got weather and fire and other causes that could be accidental. And then it has intentional reasons. So reasons that, you know, you might have to and not have a choice. So if you're going to hit a reef or if you're in, okay. So if you're intending to form an artificial reef, so they, maybe they, wait, they sink ships to make artificial reefs. That's pretty cool. Wow. It says many reefs are built using objects that were built for other purposes. For example, by sinking oil rigs, scuttling ships, or destroying rubble or construction debris. That's pretty cool. So they intentionally just put a ship into the water to sink it, and then it becomes a reef, uh, a habitat for the fish. That's pretty cool. Kind of beautiful. Um, Another intentional reason, destruction due to warfare, piracy, mutiny, sabotage, uh, target practice. Or removing a menace to navigation. And it can be used as a breakwater structure. A breakwater structure um, is basically coast management. If you live near a coast, they put it in there to kind of slow the the current down. Michael, I just want to say real quick, I found a list of shipwrecks. And I know you mentioned one from uh, the 1700s, right? In 1600s. Um, yeah. And this this goes by date. 
I'm okay. Well, first of all, I got list of shipwrecks, Africa, Asia, Europe, and then under Europe, France, UK. Just get to the by date section. Oh my God. It's just, it's just, it's just an Excel spreadsheet. That's all it is. It's impressive though. Like this is, this is an impressive amount of work. I mean, you got to think there was a time where that was like the main way to travel. So, I mean, just like we have car wrecks every year, they were having shipwrecks every year. Well, both an impressive amount of shipwrecks, but also an impressive amount of work has gone into this Wikipedia page. Can I just say, let me just give these boys some credit real quick. I want to see the first year after 1747 that they didn't have a shipwreck. So I'm going to look until I see a year where it skips. Oh, oh, 1759. There were not. Wait, hold on. Yeah, there were. were. Yeah, there were. I had it cut off. Hold on. I think they... I literally think every year. I think every single year. This is crazy every year. And it's like every month of every year. It's not just every year. They have month by month. So literally people are wrecking ships just left and right. Well, then they cut to once we get to 1867, then it's list of shipwrecks in 1867. So before that, it's individual up until... 1866 god it just goes it just goes on and on and on it might just it might just have like hold on let's click a random year 2011 nope there were still ship there's shipwrecks every fucking year every year last year let's look at last year 2020 unidentified boat (laughs) papa's girl january 7th january 10th two one turkish one indonesian Jesus, like the month of January, there's like 50 ships that went. It's like, did you realize that there were this many ships crashing every year? It's kind of impressive. If you look in 2021, we've already had, in the United States at least, we have already had, I believe, a 48-foot vessel sank five miles off the coast in Washington. Oh, my God, Michael, how could we not talk about the biggest shipwreck of the year? The Suez Canal disaster oh, that happened that, they, they did they put that in here that is classified as a shipwreck so we have i don't to see talk that about on, that oh wait hold on okay oh i see it the ever given was the name of it i didn't even know that i see it that's so funny but look that that caused some problems you know people think that that was um there's a conspiracy that that was made to happen by some countries that wanted to block trade there's a whole you can you can look into it we won't go to we did that last week conspiracy theories but people think that that wasn't an accident it's interesting people will always think stuff like that but what i find interesting is today is the 10th of april and there is one from the 6th it is the helitangi helitangi from the faroe islands cargo ship was breached wrecked possibly on vagar island probable total loss after dragging anchor in a storm it's already got its own separate wikipedia page too and the ones before that don't even have that look at that I didn't, I didn't think shipwrecks were still happening at the rate that they are. I didn't realize that many people sailed or that many boats even existed. That's so I, and you know what's even more surprising? I'm surprised a lot of these aren't like dads, you know, who bought a boat and sank their fucking boat because they don't know what they're doing. Here you go. The 20th of March. 
unidentified boat, a 48 foot vessel. That sounds like a personal boat, like a 48 foot something, maybe a yacht may sank five miles off the coast of La Push, Washington. So these guys literally took their boat like out of the harbor from Washington state. I'm imagining three men were rescued by the U.S. Coast Guard. Two 40 foot yachts sank on Vashon Island, Washington after an explosion and fire at the marina. When was this? This was the 30th of March this year. Oh, my God. Well, listen to this one. This one's even unidentified boat, unknown country. A wooden boat with a reported 100 migrants on board caught fire off Libya. 45 were rescued, five confirmed dead, and the remainder believed lost. That's 50 people unaccounted for on this boat that just caught fire in the, off the coast of Libya. From a country that's unknown on an they unidentified boat. no idea where they boat. came from. <laughs> Fucking this wild. Is, this is so Over scary. 100 people on a wooden boat. I, I want to know, like, when, when you say wooden boat, there's a lot of different ideas that come to mind. It could be like a canoe. It could be like Jack Sparrow's boat in the first parts of the Caribbean that he sinks, you know, in the beginning. That's like a small type sailboat. Like, I, what, I want pictures. That's fucking wild. I, dude, I did. I seriously didn't think that it was like when we went into this, I'm going to be like, yeah, there are probably some historic, like big shipwrecks that we'll cover. But it's like, I don't care about the big historic ones. I kind of want to see these smaller, less known, like, let's pick a random year and month. Let's go to April 1915. Jeez. It's, oh, World War One was happening then. It's probably, oh. let's pick a different time. <laughs> that's, that's too easy. Let's go 18, May 1855. Okay, and I'm going to go to March 1866. All right. The first, let's say the first one we got on each page. Okay. Because I got the Ecton. It was a United States steamship that was destroyed by fire in Louisiana. And that's all we got on it. Well, I have the Elizabeth, just the Elizabeth from the United Kingdom, which was a sloop, which means it was a sailboat with a single mast. Um, it sank at Bunavo. I can't read that uh, part of Scotland, uh, a hole having been bored in her bottom. I don't like that sentence. <laughs> I said a hole having been bored in her bottom. You could have just said it had a hole in the ship and it sank. So you didn't have to say it like that. The United Kingdom had over 80 sunken vehicles in May 1855. Well, if they weren't doing well in May of 1855, they didn't get better in March of 1866 because the first three ships to sink were all from the United Kingdom. So I don't know what's going on there, but they're fucking up constantly. Listen to this. And on the 25th of May, 1855, the Triflin from the United Kingdom, which was a schooner, ran aground on the doom bar off Padstow, Cornwall. It was all made up. Did you did you say anything? Did you just say anything? A schooner, listen, a schooner is a type of sailing vessel defined by its rig. And then we got Padstow in Cornwall, which, you know, United Kingdom. They really they really are just driving their boats into walls here, I guess. I'm I'm telling you. Look, for it, March 6th. This is March 6th, 1866. Just one day. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 
11. 12. 12 United Kingdom ships sunk that day. Now, I... Okay, here you go. Let, let's read. Okay, I thought they, like, all crashed into each other, but they didn't. I, I was thinking that they... I was like, they had to have all hit each other. Just, There's no way these could have all, all gone down. They except- couldn't... They couldn't redirect their course, so they all just slammed into each other at once. That, I, I'm telling you, they're 12 in one day, <laughs> you would, like you would think. And then the next day, one, two, two. And then okay. the next day, one, Better two, numbers. three, four, five, six. When was the Pick last dip- time they sunk a ship, though? Let's see. I'm looking current, modern day. Well, we've sunk, chi- sunk ships more recently than the UK, so I can't be talking shit. That's two ships we've sunk since they hold on. They might have got their shit together. It's looking like. Hold on. I, they may not have sunk a ship Ooh. this year. Should we talk about um the list of shipwrecks has, you know, I feel like we have to at least mention the uh the big ones right here. On the original page for shipwreck, right under types, it says well-known shipwrecks include, and it lists off the the most famous ones you want to run through these real quickly what we know of them yeah let's go ahead well uh, we'll of course we'll finish with the titanic obviously because that's you know we can talk about that but everyone's favorite shipwreck right most popular i don't think i mean how many movies of shipwrecks are there you know titanic's got the one oh i guess the lusitania probably has a movie too well, next anyway, up's got a real original name, let me tell you. All right, so let's look at the Britannic then, which was, uh, this happened, let's go to the wreck. I don't care about any of this stuff. I just want to know about the wreck. Hey, Michael, United Kingdom ship. Shocker. Okay, it's in about 400 feet of water off the coast of what looks like Greece? Greece, off the coast of Greece. Oh, yeah. I know about this. I, why am I so shocked by this? At 8.12 on the 21st of November, 1916, a loud explosion shook the ship. The cause, whether it was a torpedo from an enemy submarine or a mine, was not apparent. It would later be revealed that the mines were planted in the Kia Channel on the 21st of October. Man, a month prior, they set up these mines. Under the command of Gustav Sieb, which... I clicked on that name to figure out who that was. It was, I'm assuming, a German general, but is the entire page is in German. So hold on. Um, Why is it like that for me too? He <laughs> was a German lieutenant captain who was one of the most successful submarine commanders in World War One. So there you go. He ordered the sinking of that ship. Why? That's this is this. That's fascinating that it turned to German for a second. Maybe his page exists on the German Wikipedia, but not on the American one. Evacuation. Captain Bartlett was already considering efforts to save the ship. Only two minutes after the blast, boiler rooms five and six had to be evacuated. In about 10 minutes, the Britannic was roughly in the same condition Titanic had been in one hour after the collision with the iceberg. Jeez, can you imagine? It's just got to be, you've, you can't be claustrophobic to be on these ships, I feel like. You, because that, it would just, you would have s- such a panic attack in a situation like this, I think. Apparently, he was uh, given the order to prepare lifeboats. Everyone took their most valuable belongings with them. Um, Major Harold Priestley gathered his detachments from the Royal Army Medical Corps to the back of a deck and inspected the cabins to ensure no one was left behind. 
I just want to see how. It's a beautiful ship. I mean, it looks very similar to the Titanic, and they kind of all ships from this era kind of look like this with the you know the four one thousand. Here you go. In total, one thousand thirty-five people survived the sinking. Thirty men lost their lives in the disaster, but only five were buried. Others were not recovered and are honored on memorials in Thessaloniki, um, in London, and London. Um, next up after the Botanica, Michael, what do we got? The Lusitania, which Ooh. is a very famous one. And once again, a United Kingdom ship. Um, <laughs> no, no hate towards the UK. It's just, it's funny that it just seems like they have a lot of issues with their ships. They haven't but got it to figured be fair, out quite yet. They are an island. So, okay. The sinking. It was nearing the end of her 202nd crossing bound from Liverpool, bound to Liverpool from New York and was scheduled to dock at the Prince's Landing stage later that afternoon. There were 1,266 passengers and a crew of 696, so there was 1,962 people. Um, let's see. We crossed in front of a U-20 at 2.10 p.m., due to the liner's great speed, some believe the intersection of the German U-boat and the liner to be a coincidence, as the U-20 could hardly have caught the fast vessel otherwise. Um, there are discrepancies concerning the speed of the Lusitania, as it had been reported traveling not near its full speed. Six out of 48 lifeboats were launched successfully, so that's not a good sign. Of the 1,962 passengers and crew aboard, 1,198 died. So... What's that leave? About 800, a little less than 800 survived. Survivor count to 764, three of whom later died. So, wow. There's this great photo here in the middle of the page um, that's got a portrait um, of the Lusitania? The Lusitania Mm -hmm. um, at the end of her, at the end of the first leg of her maiden voyage. And it's this panoramic. view of this dock and the ship in port and it's just absolutely just i don't know just seeing like a real life panoramic photo from when was this 1907 yeah it's weird it's you know everyone can do that on their iphone now but this is just fascinating to look at and then what well what's interesting about the why it's such an important sinking is because 128 out of 139 u.s citizens died so that's why it was a big deal um, for Americans. And then it launched a large outcry. And of course, this was during World War I, I believe. So I was yeah. going to say, the, this was a huge factor in building support for the war. It says that here too. Um, eventually, war was declared, um, but it was only after the Imperial German government resumed the use of unrestricted submarine warfare against American shipping in an attempt to break the transatlantic supply chain from the USA to Britain. Oh, yeah, and after the Zimmerman Telegraph. The Zimmerman Telegraph was, of course, a secret diplomatic communication issued from the German Foreign Office in January 1917. We don't need to go into this. Um, <laughs> All right, well, why don't we pick one more of these three, the Estonia, we, the Empress of Ireland, or the Andrea Doria? Why don't we and go then, with the... Empress of Ireland. I kind of want to know about that. Very cool. And then we'll finish up with the Titanic after that. Okay, so this ship 
was a Scottish-built ocean liner that sank near the mouth of the St. Lawrence River in Canada. Ooh, we've got a Canadian ship here. Here you go. All right. Nice job. Last one was a, a save. Let's see. Let me do fun. Okay, Final Crossing. So, Michael, it's, it's May of 1914. 420 crewmates and 1,057 passengers, roughly two-thirds of her total capacity. Um, the Empress of Ireland reached the Pont Arapuru in the early hours of the 29th of May, 1914, where the pilot disembarked. She resumed an outward-bound course and soon sighted the mast headlights of SS Stortstad, a Norwegian collier. I don't even know if I'm saying any of this right. On her starboard bow at a distance of several miles. Likewise, the other boat, which was abreast of the Matisse Point and on course W, basically the ship crashed into, they crashed, <laughs> they crashed into one another. Um, at around starboard, starboard side at around midships. The Storstad, the other ship, remained afloat, but the Empress of Ireland was severely damaged. A gaping hole in her side caused the lower decks to flood at a rate alarming the crew. So basically, they were pulling into port and crashed, I guess. Do they have the name of the other? Uh, oh, the Storstad and the Empress. Okay, so what ended up happening to the other ship? Oh, my God. The SS Storstad is best known for accidentally ramming and sinking the ocean liner, the RMS Empress of Ireland in 1914, and killing over 1,000 people in port. That's the worst. And the, that, that goes to user error like we were talking about earlier. That's tough. Let's see. It was sunk three years later, so it kept going after that. This ship... The Canadian Pacific Railway, which owned Empress of Ireland, filed a $2 million lawsuit for damages against A.F. Clavinus and Co. A.F. Clavinus could not pay the $2 million, resulting in the store sad itself being awarded to the CPR as, oh, so the Canadian Pacific Railway got the ship that, um, that killed all those people. So they basically, they got it back terrible this is a terrible terrible article yeah let's let's take it home with none other than the titanic which was a ship from where joshua this ship is from of course the united kingdom because where else would it be from where else i think we all know what happened to the titanic it uh it hit the old iceberg, but how it hit the iceberg? Was it of human error? I forget. It is 100% human error because what happened was they saw the iceberg and as they were approaching it, <clears throat> they tried uh, to steer clear of it by turning, but they didn't have enough time to completely turn the ship. So what it ended up doing was stabbing the side of the ship and ripping all along the side, all the way down from the front to the back. And so all the water poured in there, blew out the bottom, and then it ended up splitting in half and sinking. Whereas if they had just ran straight ahead into, like tried to slow down and straight into the iceberg, none of that would have happened. They would have had a lot more time to probably evacuate the ship because it wouldn't have gone down nearly as fast as it did because it wouldn't have filled up with water like it did well of the estimated 2224 passengers and crew aboard more than one 
5,500 died. That's a lot more than I thought. Making the sinking at the time one of the deadliest of a single ship and the deadliest peacetime sinking of a superliner or cruise ship to date. Now, this is a sentence that interests me. With much public attention in the aftermath, the disaster has since been the material of many artistic works and a founding material of the disaster film genre. Wow. I don't I, agree with that at all. Origins of the genre can also be found in, there's a film called In Night and Ice. I actually think I have seen this. It is about the sinking of the Titanic um, and it's 35 minutes long. It's pretty good. Wow. It's, it's got some it's got some good effects for the time, but oh, as in the silent film era, the sinking of the Titanic would continue to be a popular disaster with filmmakers and audiences alike. In 1943, they made uh, a version of Titanic. I guess this was just like this was just like a, a, a gold mine for Hollywood. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, of course, the biggest issue with I think the Titanic was the evacuation. There were of course people in the water, freezing as we saw at the end of the movie, of course, when uh, Jack heroically doesn't push Rose to the side to get on the board with her. Which he simply could have done that and they both could have survived. But it wouldn't have been a good, as good a movie. Now, would it, and I actually don't even think it's that good a movie, but that's a whole other conversation for another day. I think we should actually talk about that real quick because Titanic is so, so, so well made but it is also so cheesy. Like it is, it it's is just like, so melodramatic. I, exactly. Like the production scale that went into it is like, and of course it's, you know, you, you know, we all know who directed it. He's insane. Uh, yeah. James Cameron. We, well, uh, you know, he makes movies look amazing, but they're very surface level overall. And Avatar has the exact same issue where I try to go back and rewatch it. I'm like, this is beautiful, but man, is this just, the dialogue is just so like it's like out of like a 30s film it's so like just central and one note i feel like i just didn't really get a lot of dimensions out of the characters but again it's a classic it won every oscar in the world and is one of the highest grossing films ever made so our opinion is automatically wrong Michael. uh i think you might have to are you talking about titanic or are you talking about avatar because avatar about is I'm talking about Titanic, but Avatar, of course, okay. is the highest grossing film ever made. Titanic is number three. Wow. There you go. So, wait. So, it goes, wait, can I guess? Let me guess the top five mm -hmm. real quick. Okay. So, we got number one is Avatar. Mm -hmm. Number two is Endgame. Yes. Number three is Titanic. Mm -hmm. So, I, I got the ones you've told. Me the ones that I've told you. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna guess the Force Awakens is number five. And Four. I'm gonna guess Oh, is Infinity War number five? Yes. Well, Disney has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the ten top highest grossing movies of all time. So they'll have they'll have all of them at one point. Actually, is Titanic Fox? Who did Titanic? Is that WB Fox? Who did that? That's Fox, I think. Well, Michael, we've gotten a bit into so Titanic. I feel like we can maybe even save this for another episode where we can just get right into the, the subject of it. But you want to wanna wrap this up? We want to summarize our thoughts on shipwrecks? Yeah, go ahead and tell me um, what you thought was the most interesting one that we talked about.
Yeah, I was most surprised by the Empress of Ireland, for sure. I think that was uh, fascinating to read that an event like that can happen just in in the marina, in the in the shore. So yeah, that's impressive. Of course, I mentioned the the Concordia that got me into this um, discussion. But like you, I think I was just surprised by how many shipwrecks there are and just how terrible the United Kingdom is at conducting their their naval service. So yeah. Um, I'm going to have to say that my favorite one that we talked about was the one from Libya that happened this year that was uh, are off the coast of Libya that they didn't know which country it was from. And it was the wooden boat with 100 passengers that they just caught on fire and 50 of them died. It just, what? What even is that? Creepy. Hey, yeah. That scared me, honestly. That's a scary... Like like stuff like that happened. Yeah. And, and it was this month or last month. It's like, what what is even going on? Anyway, Joshua... Thanks again for joining me on this exciting road down shipwrecks. Thank you guys for listening. Next week, I believe our topic is, it might be, um, we'll have a special guest to come on and talk about. Oh my God, we're going to have a special guest on the show to talk about a topic that I think we all need to to learn oh, a little yeah. bit more about, astrology. It's astrology, yeah. Uh, I feel like it's becoming more popular um, just to tease it a little, like I really wanted to do this episode because I feel more now, like it seems like more than ever people are are going heavy into astrology. Well, we've all had that girl come up to us at a bar and ask what our sign is. So, I mean, I think it would be good to really just delve into that and, and see what they think when we give them our response. But um, don't want to get too into that now. Definitely excited for that. So that'll be a good um, discussion that we have but thanks for listening guys this has been fun learned a lot today joshua any last comments yeah just uh be safe when you're on a boat um because it's dangerous you could uh you could fall over and hit your head and drown it's that that simple so yeah be careful all right guys well thanks for listening come back next week and talk about astrology with us we'll see you then